Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Episode 343. I am your host, Sky Guasco. This is the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. Joining me today is my man, Lucas Kaser. Lucas was out last week doing a little bit of uh, traveling, but uh, you're back at it, man. How was your first week of playoffs? We're going to talk about the wild card weekend recap and then get into our divisional breakdown in general. We're going to go through each game, talk about a couple of things for each wild card matchup, what surprised us, uh, what we're looking forward to in the divisional round, and then we'll get into those divisional picks. And of course, our pickums. We will get the full game breakdowns later in the week. Bobby Lamarco will break those down per usual, but Lucas and I will just kind of preview the divisional round. But first, man, Lucas, it's been a couple of days. How are you feeling, man? Feeling good. My favorite team, the Browns, is on to the final eight. Playing zero- very well. Playing very well lately. Yeah, with a zero-point differential, I think they had the easiest schedule and they had a negative point differential. The Chiefs might beat them by 70. I, I don't know. It was like literally the worst. Well, okay, how do I phrase this? It, they they literally – I mean, they played good. I'm not saying they played bad. But they single-handedly got, like, hand-fed that game where the snap was bad. Big Ben was throwing dumb picks. It's not like the Browns' defense was, like, creating creating interceptions. Like, he was just throwing the ball up in the air. Jarvis Landry touched down. All the Steelers' defenders, like, two of them fell. The others were just far away. Baker might have thrown, like, one good pass. So, if they prove me wrong this week, then sure. But they are uh, – no, they're not, they're not a top eight team in the league, and that's for sure. So let's just say uh, we'll get to the Browns-Steelers recap here in a bit, but let's just say you're probably not going to pick them over the Chiefs this week. Is that what I'm hearing? No, and I guess you think of it, for people that like to bet or whatever, think of it this way. The Browns played the best game we've seen of them in, what, 20 years, and they're still 10-point underdogs in a final eight matchup. Like, come on. Like, So you're telling me if they would have barely won the game, they would have been, what, like 14-point underdogs? Like, I think that this has to show something. Uh, form fair enough well let's get into this man let's break down the wild card matchups we will get to the Browns and the Steelers late they were the last game played on Sunday evening so we'll break that game down last let's go all the way back to the beginning of the weekend though with the Colts and the Bills this game was actually quite close uh, a lot closer than I thought it was going to be the Bills ultimately get the win and move on 27-24 over the Colts. The Colts did have a chance at the end to uh, get at least a game-tying field goal to force overtime, uh, possibly even drive for a touchdown, but they were unable to do so. So the Bills get the win, move on 27-24, first playoff win in 25 years. Phillip Rivers, solid game, 302. Josh Allen, 324 yards and two touchdowns as well. On the ground, Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. Naheem Hines, just six carries but 75 yards, no touchdown there. He had a nice 33-yard run. Uh, Josh Allen, 11 carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Devin Singletary and and, uh, Zach Moss don't do much, 21 yards apiece. They lose Zach Moss, unfortunately, on IR the rest of the playoffs. They pick up Devonta Freeman, uh, who had been playing with the Giants as of late, but he is now on the practice squad, most likely to fill in for Zach Moss moving forward. So that's an interesting kind of just veteran um, gain there. Of course, Devonta Freeman on that uh, Falcons team that went to the Patriots um, Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. And through the air, Michael Pittman continues to impress 90 yards, no touchdown there, but Jack Doyle and Zach Pascal each have a touchdown for the Colts. And then Stephon Diggs, another huge game, six catches, 128 and a touchdown um, and then Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley also had great games as well. So when you look at the Colts and the Bills game, Lucas, what was maybe most surprising? Again, the Colts are eliminated. They are now out. The Bills move on. But in general, in this game, what was most surprising for you uh, on either side of the ball? I think like 
I mean, I, this is going to be the best matchup of the week. I think that, that was my mindset going forward because obviously I'm pretty high on the Colts. Um, obviously, they kicked themselves in the foot in that game. Probably should have won the game, but that's besides the point. But I, I think it really showed that the Bills have a lot of weaknesses. Like, they don't have a run game. They Their offense is good, but it's manageable to cover on defense where everyone was kind of hyping them up as this, like, invincible offense um, the last couple of weeks, which, I mean, rightly so. They, they have been playing good. But I think it more so showed that maybe the Bills really aren't the team that can beat the Chiefs in a sense and that maybe that's the Ravens or maybe, like, it's just the Chiefs are going to be the best team. I don't know. I just think it it kind of, like, dehyped the Bills a little bit. Um, granted, they won. They played good. But for what people were saying, that I expected a little bit better, I guess I would say. Fair enough. I, I agree. I actually thought – I thought – the bills should have run them a little bit more than they did. And, you know, shouts out to Philip rivers, who unfortunately is, I mean, whether he comes back next year or not, we'll find out whether he retires and goes out this way, whatever. Unfortunately, he, the knock on him is forever going to be, he didn't get it done in the playoffs and in the big game, clearly with all his years with the chargers and now the Colts. Um, nonetheless, he's still playing at, I would say an above average level for sure. Again, over 300 yards against a solid bills defense, two touchdowns could have had another one late in the game. Um, I thought the Colts, uh, played pretty well as well, but, uh, the bills had enough to get it done, but they have no run game. And Mm -hmm. as good as Josh Allen is as good as Stefan Diggs is as good as that defense can be at home. Um, I worry about them against, you know, the Ravens, um, I worry about them against the chiefs uh, for sure. And, or the Browns, depending on, you know, if the bills move on and whoever comes out of that other game, it's going to be interesting because they just can't run the ball without Josh Allen. And that's obviously a problem in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens there, but bills get the huge win again, 27, 24 over the Colts and move on. Let's go on to the Rams and the Seahawks. The Rams get a huge upset win here. Um, I actually had them down as my pick them team last week. So I was stoked on that. Uh, I should have followed my gut on the Browns. I changed it last minute due to the COVID concerns. Uh, and I lost that one, of course, but I would have gone six and zero as I did have the couple of upsets with the uh, Rams Ravens and the Browns Rams get the big win here, 30 to 20 in Seattle, um, 17 points in the second quarter really kind of just drove it home. The Rams led this game 20 to 10 at half and we're able to uh, hold down the Seahawks the rest of the game. So the Seahawks are eliminated. The Rams move on. Now, John Wolford started this game, uh, the backup for the Rams, because Jared Goff had surgery on his finger just two weeks ago. But John Wolford, unfortunately, has a stinger, a neck injury. He actually went to the hospital during this game uh, after a hit. Um, I believe it was Jamal Adams. Um, Didn't look too nasty of a hit, like illegally. Um, It was just a bad bad place to get hit, I guess, in between his helmet and his shoulder pads, pinched his neck. He ended up going to the hospital. So Jared Goff, who was supposed to be the backup, actually comes in, goes nine for 19, terribly inefficient, just 151 yards, but does have a touchdown, sacked twice, um, under 50 QBR, so not very impressive, but does enough for the Rams. Russell Wilson, just 174 and two with a pick. He continues to struggle, 17.6 QBR in this game here for the Seahawks on the ground. That's really where both teams flourished. Cam Akers, 28 carries, 131 yards and a touchdown. Huge game for him, obviously. And uh, I'm really looking forward to him in uh, 2021 as the lead back there. He also had two catches for 45 yards as well. Uh, Chris Carson, 16 carries, 77 yards, but no rushing touchdowns there for the Seahawks. Through the air, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods each have four catches, 78 yards for Cup, 48 and a touchdown for Woods. I mentioned Cam Akers as well. And then DK Metcalf, five for 96 and two against Jalen Ramsey on 11 targets. So he was able to get it get it in and was able to get free against uh, Jalen Ramsey enough. And when he was out of Jalen Ramsey's coverage, of course they targeted him, um, but not enough here for the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett, two for 43. We just need more opportunity for him clearly. And now there are reports, uh, obviously a bunch of GMs are moving, head coaches are moving, offense and defensive coordinators are moving this time of year. And there's been a report already that Pete Carroll has come out and basically said that they uh, need to get back to running the ball. And the Russ, uh, the let Russ cook experiment didn't work for NFL purposes um, as the Seahawks were not winning those games um, at a, an appropriate clip for coach Carroll, but obviously he was great for fantasy. So 
We'll talk about that through the offseason, whether we trust Russell Wilson as a top quarterback again or if that's going to hurt DK and lock it. Um, but obviously it uh, was not enough to get a W here as the Rams get the victory and the upset uh, over the divisional rivals. Third time they played this year and the Rams get them again here, 30 to 20. Lucas, what was most surprising in this matchup? I mean, I could go on about how both offenses are absolutely terrible. The whole like let Russ cook thing, um, it worked when they when they let him cook. I so I don't really get the report because he when they were throwing the ball, when when they were throwing the ball at a non under fifty-ish percent pass pass rate, like they were doing good. And then they switched to this run attack and then they started losing. So I think it's more in Pete Carroll's hands to uh not blame Russ, I guess, for yeah, I don't know. I think he's just kind of putting some blame on another loss for them in the playoffs. But I think the thing that really showed was that the Rams defense is legit. And I can't remember the DC's name, but he really did a good job of um, taking what he had, which was negative cap space. They had to get rid of Clay Matthews, get rid of um, uh, Dante Fowler because they couldn't sign him back. Like they just had to cut him just because they, they had no money. Um, and really made this defense legit. Like, I think the in the top five corners in the regular season in PFF grade, three of them are the Rams corners, um, which I never would have – I would have guessed maybe Ramsey, but never Roby Coleman and uh, I think it's Hills, the other one. But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting this week to see how they face um, – if they really are legit, if, if Rodgers can kind of get them. Um, I, I don't know if it's snow in the forecast in Lambeau. Uh, so, we'll see, I guess. But it'll definitely be uh, a good test probably the, the second hardest test besides the Chiefs for the Rams this week. We'll preview that game a little bit deeper in, in Lambeau on Thursday when uh, Bobby jumps on as well. Uh, Brandon Staley is the defensive coordinator for the Rams. Of course, Lucas, he started with the Broncos. Uh, now oh, with the uh, now with the Rams. I agree. The Rams defense, uh, very, very good. And the reality is, man, you know, we've seen it uh, for years, obviously. It was uh, what beats Tom Brady. It was those two Giants teams who had no business being on the field with those Patriots teams, but they had the uh, pass rush to get him flustered. And generally that works. And, and uh, frankly, the Rams, the Rams have been horrible for the last decade overall. Um, they've been pretty good the last couple of years, but they've been bad for a long time. And the Seahawks have pretty much run that division for, a, uh, for the last decade as well, more or less, but the Rams have kind of had the Seahawks number throughout that time. So it's been quite impressive what they've been able to do um, against a great team like Seattle. So the Rams move on. They go face Rodgers in Green Bay. We'll get to that later on. Um, but the Seahawks eliminated. Let's move on to the Buccaneers and the Washington football team. Brady, 381 and two. And this is another one of those weird games where Brady could have had four touchdowns. For some reason, man, just some of their routes. And, and Mike Evans almost never has yards after the catch. Um, he just kind of has a catch and then falls to the ground. It's like Allen Robinson does this a lot too. So some of these catches were down inside the five yard line. And then eventually Leonard Fournette was able to run them in, but Brady, another huge game, 381 and two, uh, Taylor Heineke actually played quite well over 300 yards and a touchdown as well. Costly pick, but he played well getting the start there. I think he is either going to be the starter for Washington next season or getting out to free agency. He could find another squad, but I like the way that he plays. Um, I think he can be a, a serviceable starter, at least a high quality backup in the NFL moving forward. And then Leonard Fournette gets the run 19 carries 93 yards and a touchdown. Ronald Jones basically got, you know, injured in pregame warmups and he was a late last minute scratch. So it was all Leonard Fournette um, getting the bulk of the work there. Uh, Antonio Brown had a, a 22 yard run as well, but Keyshawn Vaughn not doing much yet. I'm interested to see if he gets more uh, involved next season there, the, the kind of high, um, you know, high hype rookie coming in, uh, but then they bring in Leonard Fournette, obviously, and, and that kind of uh, faded out. Uh, Taylor Heineke himself had a rushing touchdown, an awesome diving touchdown there. Antonio Gibson, 14 carries, 31 yards, not getting it done. Obviously, very impressive defense here for the Buccaneers. And uh, J.D. McKissick had a rushing touchdown as well. Receiving Mike Evans, 119 yards. Cameron Brait, 80. Chris Godwin, 79 in the touchdown. Antonio Brown had a touchdown as well. Cam Sims on the other side, seven catches, 104 yards. Shouts out to Bobby, um, who brought up the fact that with Taylor Heineke starting, uh, Cam Sims could potentially be that number one because they're the backup. And we talked about that scenario last week on the podcast and uh, Bobby called that one. So well done. Uh, Terry McLaurin, six for 75 and Logan Thomas, five for 74. And then Steve Sims, 
uh, also had a uh, receiving touchdown as well. So um, I don't think many people gave Washington a chance to actually win this game, Lucas, but ultimately they only lose by eight points. Um, and frankly, they held uh, the Buccaneers to um, uh, 18 points throughout the uh, first three quarters, but they got 13 at the end there and it was just enough, but quite a valiant effort for Washington. Um, and as you mentioned, before we jumped on the podcast, you're, a little bit nervous about the Buccaneers maybe overall moving forward. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, um, I mean, like I bet on the football team plus eight and more on plus nine, just because I think their defense, I think it showed for the football team's defense is legit and they really just got to fix their offense if they want to be a team going forward. Um, I mean, granted, they made the playoffs, but a competitive, more competitive team going forward. I, I think it just showed, well, not having Ronald Jones because of the injury, I think hurt kind of the outlook for this team if, if Ronald Jones would have played I bet you that it would have been a little bit more of a um, one-sided game just because one of Fournette's so bad and can't get the run going so I'm not really even know what to take away that much I mean Brady started posting his Twitter videos about like where he does like the the wild card matchup check when he's like in the gym and like just starts smiling and then he should add on to the video at the end like I don't have any defense to carry me to the Super Bowl, but like you won't until they make it, I guess. Um, not just kidding. Um, I don't know. I, I can't take much away just because I think not having Ronald Jones does hurt. Um, but we'll see this week. Um, kind of the the really the biggest the three we're getting the three P of the Saints and Bucks. And I guess I thought the Bucks 2-0 sweeped them, but the Saints 2-0 sweeped them. Um, but I don't really think the previous matchups matter. It just comes down to this one game. So we'll see. Um who, who wants to play the Packers more between the Bucks and the Saints this week? It's going to be interesting, man. Obviously, uh, we're going to preview that game in a minute, but uh, two 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks going at it with Braves and Brady for the th- – Braves and Brady? Brady and Breeze uh, for the third time this season. All right, let's move on to the Ravens and the Titans. They kicked off the Sunday slate here. The Ravens get the narrow victory 20-13. to 13 Over the Titans, this game was uh, as advertised, um, not high-scoring. Uh, it was run first and run often, but uh, as Titan fans know too well, um, unfortunately, King Henry was corralled in this one. Lamar Jackson gets his first playoff win. He does not throw a touchdown. He throws a pick, but 136 yards on the ground and a rushing score, just 179 through the air. Ryan Tannehill, 165 in a touchdown and a pick through the air as well. Rushing-wise, again, Lamar, 16 carries, 136 in a touch. J.K. Dobbins, 43 yards and a touchdown. Very excited for him in 2021. Derrick Henry, 18 carries, 40 yards, no touchdown. He had a long of eight on the game. His longest run of the game was eight yards. Great work by the uh, Ravens uh, defense to corral Derrick Henry. Of course, they tried that last year. It did not work. Derrick Henry over 150 yards on them last year, and they returned the favor this time around. Receiving-wise, Marquise Brown has been hot the last couple of weeks, certainly didn't do anything for anybody during the fantasy season, but as of late, he has been on fire the last couple of weeks, seven catches, 109 on nine targets. Mark Andrews, 41 yards, and that was about it for the uh, receiving core from the Ravens. We know it's pretty much Hollywood and Andrews there. For the um, Tennessee Titans, same way, they pretty much run through A.J. Brown, six catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown, 10 targets for him. We'd love to see that. Uh, it was Ferkser, not Jonu Smith, getting the work there. Two catches, 44 yards, and uh, that was pretty much it. Corey Davis, again, uh, held catchless on two targets. I'm not sure we can trust him in 2021, although he did have some flashes, obviously, this season. Uh, Lucas, this was a close one. Technically, the Ravens were the underdog as the Titans won their division and they hosted the game, but these teams each uh, were 11-5 and five coming into this one, very evenly matched. A rematch of last year. Of course, you had last year, you had the uh, Titans coming out and uh, kind of stomping all over the Ravens logo at midfield. That obviously created a skirmish pregame. Well, this year, um, they uh, believe it was Marcus Peters. I may be incorrect on that, but had a basically a game ceiling interception uh, to uh, finalize that one this week. And uh, you had the Ravens jump out and dance all over the Titans uh, logo at midfield. So clearly an AFC rivalry here, two teams that should be in the playoffs annually going up against each other here. So great uh, hard-headed matches, very equal teams on uh, both sides of the footballs, but the Ravens get the revenge this time, 20 to 13. What's your reflections on this game? 
I mean, to me, it just showed the Ravens are back. Like, I, 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 I'm a big Ravens. I just like Lamar. I mean, for, I have a lot of fantasy leagues, and everyone, like, it was weird because everyone kind of like wrote him out this year because he didn't repeat the um, 36 touchdowns on like the second fewest passing attempts. And I mean, everyone knows me. I'm a big numbers guy. Like, no, that wasn't going to happen again, right? Like, <laughs> he wasn't going to throw 36 touchdowns on like the third or fourth or with second fewest passing attempts overall in the league, and he really he really impressed me because people are going to be like, well, he doesn't throw. He can't throw. He can't make the big throws, but like he clearly didn't need to. This team was down 10 points. He just makes plays. And I think that's what he's going to continue to do this week. Um, I was kind of happy the Browns won because I think the Ravens are the second best team in the league, to be honest, um, by the way they're playing. So I kind of want to see a Chiefs Ravens rematch. Um, so I'm kind of hoping they can pull out against the Bills, but yeah, this is going to be um, a good matchup for them against the Bills, the Titans, um, the thing I said about the Titans, because they were like my one preseason Super Bowl bet that I liked the most was if they're in a one-week season, which is the playoffs, I trust them to game plan every time. And it really just came down to they got out game plan by the Ravens. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't that Derrick Henry had a bad game. It was just – obviously he did, but, like, the Ravens just stuck it to him. Like, it wasn't that um, – a big thing was Corey Davis not getting a catch because they, they were smart and they put Marlon Humphrey on him. And he completely shut him down. Like, he wasn't open on any routes. Like, they just got out game plan. And I think um, coming into this Bills game, they're going to see what the Colts did. And it was really just eliminate the run, which there is no run. So now it comes down to can Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, just drop back and cover Stephon Diggs and John Brown. I think they're going to be able to do that this week um, just based on what I saw last week. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And again, I do expect the Ravens and the Titans to pretty much meet in the playoffs um, annually for the next handful of years. And you're right. I mean, it looks bad for Derrick Henry, but unfortunately, um, you know, when you play a great defense like the Ravens, who have been struggling the last five weeks, but finally got healthy. And I've been saying this for a month. The Ravens had been struggling because of COVID. It it ravaged their team. They had injuries on defense. Uh, Lamar missed a few games. Mark Andrews missed a few games on offense. Their whole defense was out for a while. They're healthy at the right time, and it is all about healthy and momentum in the playoffs. The Ravens look arguably like the best team in football right now. Um, and, uh, again, there's going to be a huge game between them and them and the Bills, which we'll get to in a little bit, but uh, very interesting matchup. And, and I want you to kind of expand on that later in the episode, Lucas, about uh, not having a run game uh, for the Bills and having just be one-dimensional against a great defense. That's going to be a problem, I think, for Buffalo. Let's move on to Chicago and New Orleans. Um, the Saints get the win here, 21-9. I don't think it was surprising to anybody that the saints won this game. I do think it was surprising that they only uh, put up 21 points a, um, but the bears putting up nine points. I mean, that's just not clearly going to get it done. Mitch Trubisky, 199 in the touchdown, drew Brees, 265 and two touchdowns. He did enough to win. Uh, obviously going to have a, a, a big matchup against the bucks next week as well. David Montgomery, 12 carries 31 yards. The saints again, kind of this, underrated rushing defense uh, bottled up Mitch Trubisky and David Montgomery. They're just 41 yards total given up um, or 48, I should say total given up by the saints to the bears on the ground. Very impressive. Alvin Kamara gets his 23 carries, 99 yards and a touchdown. Taysom Hill gets a couple rush attempts as well. And then receiving wise, Allen Robinson, man, God, this guy needs some help. Uh, he's so good. Um, six catches, 55 yards and seven targets, but He really made two or three incredible catches, and I can't wait for him to get an actual quarterback moving forward. Um, Unfortunately, Wims uh, had kind of the famous drop in the end zone, a deep bomb that would have at least made this game uh, close, would have given the Bears the lead at the time, but unfortunately he drops it there. Jimmy Graham, a walk-off touchdown, which uh, if that is his last catch in the NFL, it was quite ceremonious um, getting that touchdown. As time expired against the team that he came up with in the Saints, and running off into the tunnel, Bo Jackson saw. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Damian Harris uh, for, excuse me, Deontay Harris for uh, the Saints leads the team in receiving yards, um, has a touchdown, and uh, also leads them in receptions with seven, 783 um, on seven targets. Michael Thomas comes back, five catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Jared Cook, four for 40. Alvin Kamara, two for 17. But uh, the Saints, again, get enough done in this one. Again, not much of a surprise, Lucas, that the Saints get it done here. Um, but 
I think more of a surprise that the bears didn't have a better effort. I don't expect the bears to do much in this game, to be honest. However, they just, they looked better the last couple of weeks. Um, and I was a little bit surprised that they didn't have more of a showing on Nickelodeon, of course, with the slime cam. Yeah. See, people know if you listen to the podcast for a while, you know, my, my thoughts on the bears offense, um, Meaning that, and I tell this to everyone, like when they have a tight end rolling, they're a good offense. Like I get Trubisky might not be bad or good or whatever, but like Trubisky is a top 20 quarterback in the league. People just have micro views when they need to look at it as a macro view. Like it's, if, if Wims would have caught that catch, I think they would have won this game. And like, I'm not even like playing around. Like I, they had momentum going. Their offense, like it looked, didn't look great, but like the Saints offense, the Saints looked terrible last week. Like they had Michael Thomas back. They fed him the ball like they should. Second half, they stopped doing it. Personally, the whole Thomas thing we'll talk about the offseason. I think there's some sort of like chemistry, like attitude problem thing that's going to affect his fantasy value and just his value going forward. I don't really get what happened, but I think there's something there that we don't know about. Um, but the, I think the the problem with the Bears now, now though, like going into this offseason is they the the coaching staff the the GM like they're going to see this as a, as a successful season right because they made the playoffs whereas like did they really make the playoffs like they were the seventh team they played like crap in the playoffs like so I think it's they're just kind of in a tough spot yeah Allen Robinson's probably top five receiver in the league um will he get a new quarterback probably not so we're going to be in the same boat where if you're smart like me and Sky are, we're going to take him in the fourth round of every fantasy draft because he's going to do the same thing he does every year. Um, but we're not going to see much of an upgrade for him. But yeah, I think I'm just not sold on the Saints. Um, granted, they're still a really good team, probably top four, top five team. But if they're going to like just play down to their competition every week, like they're going to drop one of these games here soon. That could be this week. That could be against the Packers. That could just be they get blown out in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs or something. But I'm just not impressed with, um, obviously, the Bears, but the Saints really either. Yep, I agree. Um, I do think the Saints will have a better showing overall against the Buccaneers just because I think they'll play up to competition better. Um, but, again, they looked a little flat. They got it done. They, had, they got the win. But I feel like this is one of those just kind of like get in, get the job done, and leave kind of a game. Um, I expected more fireworks from them at home. Uh, in the playoffs so they they have to bring it clearly against Tampa Bay or um, obviously Brady and the boys uh, should be ready okay let's get into the Browns and the Steelers and then we'll move on to the preview of the divisional round Browns get the big win 48-37 they were up 28 nothing in a hurry if you watch this game yeah it was frankly unbelievable um, watching the game it was just kind of like Al Michaels and <laughs> Chris Collinsworth were just like shocked without words because the 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 as you mentioned the first snap of the game goes over Big Ben's head um, similar to Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl versus yep. Seahawks yep. and they recover and it was just downhill from there for the Steelers straight up the game was over pretty much before it started they recover in the end zone boom seven nothing they get the ball right back have another touchdown with uh, Jarvis Landry fourteen nothing get another one from Kareem Hunt boom twenty one nothing twenty eight nothing at the end of the first quarter. And it was 35 to 10 at halftime here. Now credit to the Steelers. They did battle back. Um, they score uh, 27 points the remainder of the game and cut it within a um, two score game multiple times, but just couldn't get it done. And, and Baker and the crew did enough to their credit. So break it down for you here. And then Lucas, I'll let you uh, celebrate on your Browns. Baker Mayfield goes 263 and three played quite well, has been playing very well lately. Uh, Kevin Stefanski has really turned his approach around and we see that he's able to be an efficient quarterback, although he's not going to be putting up high levels. But I said preseason, if Baker Mayfield can come in and be cousins in this uh, lineup, like he had, had Stefanski had with the Vikings, if Baker could be Kirk cousins, um, I think that the Browns will be just fine. And sure enough, I think that's what we have. And, and the Browns are here in the playoffs now. Uh, Big Ben, four, or excuse me, 501 yards and four touchdowns, but four interceptions. A lot of those early, which led to immediate Browns points. Unfortunately for Big Ben, we don't know if he's going to come back either. There's a video that went around. He kind of apologized, uh, frankly, to Marquise Pouncey that kind of said that he was the only reason he came back to do this. And Yada, yada. Anyway, we'll see if Big Ben comes back. But unfortunately, you know, 
almost 70 pass attempts, 500 yards and four touchdowns before costly picks and uh, the Steelers come up empty. Nick Chubb, 18 carries and 76 yards. Kareem Hunt, 48 yards, but two rushing touchdowns. James Conner, 37 yards on the ground and a touchdown for him. Through the air, Jarvis Landry, 92 yards and a touchdown. Nick Chubb, a receiving touchdown. He's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Austin Hooper, a touchdown as well. And on the other side, Juju has a great game, frankly, uh, after running his mouth all week, but a lot of that came in garbage time at the end. 13 catches, 157 yards in the touchdown, 19 targets for Juju, 16 targets for Deontay Johnson, 11 for 117. And um, Eric Ebron, 11 targets, 7 for 62 and 1. Chase Claypool, 7 targets for 5 catches, 2 touchdowns, uh, but just 7 targets with those 68 pass attempts from Big Ben. And last but not least, uh, James Washington, also 5 for 70. Too. So the Steelers come out and they, you know, have flamethrowers on offense. Chris Collinsworth was calling for it the entire first quarter, basically saying, don't sleep on the Steelers. If they wake up, they can put up points and yards. And they certainly did. Uh, but the Browns was just too much for the entire game. You're right. Their defense didn't play incredibly well, but they did have four picks. They did have good schemes. They did have some timely blitzes. And uh, overall, the Browns get the uh, huge upset. And mainly this is a huge NFL history upset as the Steelers have run the Browns for the last 20 years. So, uh, Lucas, how are you feeling uh, about your Cleveland faithful here? So, okay, so when I – people are probably like, you can't say they're bad, they made the playoffs. So when I say a team is, like, overrated or bad or, like, it's because the the Twitter bias, the social media bias treats them as, like, a top three, top four team in the league when in reality, like, sure, they might make the playoffs. But, like, the um, the offense with Matt Collins is their wide receiver one almost made the playoffs too. So like, we got to take stuff in context here. Like if, if I'm giving coach of the year award, like it's going to Stefanski, right? Like I, I think that he did um, exactly what he needed to do with a team that does not need to have receivers, right? This is the subject totally uh, addition by subtraction with Odell. Like they are a two to three tight end system. That's going to run the ball. That's going to have a top three O line in the league. That's going to have an average quarterback, literally the Vikings replica, but better because they have an O-line. They have two to three tight ends. They have one good possession receiver, two deep threats. They have two running backs. Like he does exactly what he needs to do, but then it comes down to this week. Their defense is hurting. Like they, 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 there are two cornerbacks, um, Kevin Johnson, or he's a three and then Denzel Ward, they're one. We're out last week of COVID. I don't, depending on obviously the whole, I don't really know the rules, so don't quote me. I don't think they're going to be able to play. Possibly they might be able to, but like, I don't think it's going to matter. They just don't have the scheme to set up against the Chiefs, right? Like, I think they can set up against the Steelers because they create a little bit of pressure up front, but like, that doesn't phase Mahomes. It never has. Whereas, and then I don't know, it is, they played good. They played the best game they could have at the right time. They schemed perfectly. Uh, they they sent the Steelers off into the sunset with no cap, no quarterback, no running back. Juju's gone, no line. <laughs> like it's it was the perfect scenario for them. Um, so we'll see how they play this week. I like I said, they're 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 plus ten underdogs coming off the best game that we've seen the Browns play, and probably I don't know. I'm only 21 years old, but got to be older than me. I mean, you could probably correct me on that. Like it was it was crazy to watch. Like, like me and my friends were sitting there, like, what the hell is happening? Like, everybody was man. Trust me. Yeah. Like 28, nothing. I could see them like winning the game, but like the Steelers, like I get that they're not that great. They're a little over high. Big Ben's old, but like 28, nothing. Like, come on, you're 38 year old quarterback with, I think a ring under his belt. Maybe not plenty of playoff wins. Like you should know what you're doing. Like Mike Tomlin, like a Super Bowl coach, like, I'm sorry, but the Browns defense did not out, should not outsmart you no matter how good they play. Like you should be able to to adjust. And it really came down to the, like James Conner just not being able to run the ball. They just haven't had a run game all year. People would say that's what's going to bottom in the ass. It did in the um um whoever their first loss was, the Bills game. That it, they came back to bottom in that game because they needed to establish the run and they couldn't and they didn't fix that. Um and it showed. And so yeah, now they the Steelers, I mean, people know that we like to break things down in the NFL level first, the first couple months with our research before we really dive into like fantasy, fantasy stuff. Um, so what a lot of Steelers talk, I bet, with yep. cap space, O-line issues, who the hell the quarterback's going to be, Juju, running back, um, shoot, even really defense, coaching. I don't know what's going to happen there. So it'll be interesting 
this division will be interesting um, going forward because uh, the the tides are kind of turning and it's kind of up for grabs with the Ravens, Browns, or I mean, frankly, even the Bengals with Joe Burrow if he plays. I agree. Year, who wants who wants to get first place? I agree. And uh, the Ravens or the the Steelers also upended by the football team. Uh, the, they lost to the Bengals as well. They clearly were not one of the best teams heading into the playoffs. But as I just said about the Ravens, it's about who's hot now. The Browns yep. are hot now. The Browns are playing the best football of, you're right, the last 20 to 25 years right now. And it's all about matchups. And look, the Browns, and we're going to get into the matchups here in a second. The Browns and the Chiefs play. We're going to talk about that game in a second. That Nobody expects the Browns to even compete with the Chiefs, let alone win that game. But again, it, the, the Chiefs just had a week off. Are they going to be flat coming out? The Chiefs have not played great in the first half of a couple of games. It'll be very, very interesting. Lucas, let's turn the page here, though, and get into these divisional matchups. And again, we're down to two, four, six, eight teams left in the playoffs. The two, te- or the, the two teams for each conference that win this week will play next week for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. We'll start here with the Rams and the Packers. Again, the Rams get a, a, a very impressive uh, upset victory against their NFC West rivals, the Seahawks. They go up and they play the Packers, who were off last week, of course. They get the lone buy in the NFC this year. There's only one, not two. And the Packers are favored by six and a half already, uh, kind of a lower over under, 45 and a half right now. Um, again, John Wolford's going to be out. His neck injury is a problem. It's going to be Jared Goff. Um, not at 100%. He did not throw very well. The Rams uh, can run the ball very well, though, and the Packers, again, as we know from fantasy, kind of a sieve uh, through the middle of the um, you know run funnel defense. So we'll see what happens there in this matchup. But overall, Lucas, again, we're not breaking this down super statistically. Bobby's going to handle a lot of that later in the week. But just a quick preview, what are you looking for specifically in this matchup with the Rams heading to Lambeau? So to me, this really comes down to like, forget Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Lazard. Like, I don't think, um, I think they've entered the category of matchup proof along with the Chiefs. Like, I don't care how good your pass defense is, like it's not going to affect their production. I think it's really going to come down to if they can get their run game going. Um, And we haven't, since the A.J. Dillon game, we haven't really seen a game that mattered, right? Like I, I get they had to beat the Bears, but like, come on, they didn't really have to do much. So I think, um, the run game will tell a lot against this Rams defense, kind of who's going to dictate the tempo. Um, I don't think, I think, especially the way Walford played last week, I don't really think it matters um, who's playing quarterback. Like their, their offense is 49ers in the sense that like insert any quarterback, you'll be able to get production. Um, Cooper Cup getting him going last week, I think was huge. I was kind of surprised actually um, to see him get going. So I think it, it should be a good game. Uh, I think the line's like, I want to say six, maybe it's, six it's right about, yeah, it's right about where I would put it um, for this game. I, I do think the, the Packers still win by a touchdown though. Obviously the marquee matchup uh, individually throughout the entire league this week is going to be Devonte Adams and Jalen Ramsey, of course, uh, in that matchup there. All right, let's move on to the Ravens and the Bills. So this is going to be the uh, second game here on Saturday. Again, we have Saturday and Sunday football. Rams and Packers kick it off early Saturday. The Ravens and the Bills have the Saturday evening game. Ravens come in. Again, uh, you can call it an upset because it was on paper. But again, the Ravens come in and beat up on the Titans. Revenge from last year. Get that victory. The Bills also get a huge win um, for themselves. Just the first win in 25 years. Uh, for the Bills there, they handle business against the Colts. Um, again, we, we kind of alluded to it earlier, Lucas. Uh, this game is going to be Ravens run game against the Bills defense, I think. And then the Bills pass game against the Ravens defense uh, is really what it's going to be. Um, because we know the Ravens don't pass very much. The Bills don't run very much. So it's kind of one-sided on each side. It's going to be which team can execute better and which defense shows up better. So far, the line right now is just a mere two-point favorite for the Bills at home. They're not even getting the three points uh, at home, so Ravens certainly have a a chance here. The over-under is 50, looking at about 38 degrees. I I forgot to mention uh, in the Packers game, it's going to be under freezing, so about 29 degrees so far right now. Nice and cold in Lambeau, of course, and the Rams traditionally an indoor team on the West Coast, so we'll see how that affects them, if at all. 
Jared Goff actually grew up in my hometown uh, in Central California, so very nice and sunny, and obviously playing in L.A., nice and sunny. Uh, he went to school at Cal Berkeley, which is nice and sunny, so uh, not sure he's played many games in sub-freezing temperature there. Interesting note. Uh, but how do you feel about the Rams and the Bills? Uh, yeah, me, Ravens, Ravens, Ravens and the Bills, my bad. Yeah, I think I, I might have a – I don't want to say one-sided view on this, but like um, – how do I say it? I guess we, we haven't seen Josh Allen beat a good, um, talented pass defense. I'm not going to say, cause he, he, the Dolphins had a good pass defense, but it was still a little shaky. Like we're coming in, he's coming into a matchup with Marcus Peters, who's playing probably the best of his career, which is crazy to even like mention. Cause like, I feel like it's a high peak to reach and he's kind of re-reached that Marlon Humphrey, like when I say shut down Corey Davis, like I'm like, you can go back and watch it. Like he, I don't even think he was open one second all week. Marlon Humphrey had like a sack in there too. Like he's playing out of his mind. They have their slot cornerback. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name back. And I, it really is going to come down to how Josh Allen can play in this game. Like they have no run game. They're not going to obtain one by signing Devonte Freeman. Like that's not going to get them a run game. Their defense is what it is. I, I just think it's impossible to contain Lamar for the most part when he's running hot. So, like, you don't have to really worry about – like, you can try and limit him, but, like, I don't think that's going to factor much in this game. Hollywood Brown's finally playing good. Mark Andrews is still the safety valve for this team. Dobbins is finally running good. Like, it's really going to come down to Josh Allen. And I just – from what I saw last week, he still played good, but, like, he still threw for 300-some yards. Like, how much more are you expecting him to do? to keep like winning these games. So I think the Ravens just get them here just due to now that they can lock, they're not going to lock down Stephon Diggs, but they're going to limit him pretty good. Humphrey's going to be on him like glue. That's going to be the matchup. I think that's a more important matchup than Ramsey Adams, to be honest this week. Um, so it's really going to come down to can Josh Allen overcome kind of these mini one-on-one matchups um, that he's going to have to, if they want to move the ball down the field. I agree. It's going to come down to the quarterbacks. Of course, you're going to have, Lamar Jackson and, and Josh Allen really having to not only obviously execute to the pass game, but we know that's not Lamar's, uh, you know, top, top uh, priority. I mean, he's going to be pulling it down and running and he went over a hundred yards last week. And we know that Josh Allen obviously is an effective runner too. So interesting game there, obviously in the AFC, the winner of that game will play the winner of the Browns and the chiefs. So the Browns come in again, big upset over the uh, Steelers, 25 years in the making, a huge win for Cleveland in general as a football community and loyal fan base um, with nothing to root for basically over the last 25 years and probably longer than that, frankly. Um, so shouts out to the Browns and uh, the uh, dog pound there. And then the Chiefs, you know, 14 and two, but they should have been 15 and one. They kind of just forfeited against the Chargers in week 17 uh, to keep, you know, half their offensive weapons and defensive weapons healthy. So they dropped that. But Chiefs, other than a, a glitch in the system against the Raiders midseason, could have frankly gone undefeated uh, this season. However, they have not been the dominant Chiefs. Now, some people say that this team is actually better than last year's that won the Super Bowl. I actually disagree watching them play a lot on the CBS featured game. I actually disagree. I mean, they're just as potent and they're okay, but their defense is not as good as it was down the stretch last year. Mahomes is Mahomes, Tyreek and and Kelsey are are who they are, but they don't have a run game. Damian Williams was kind of a joke and a laughing stock for fantasy, but he was very effective down the stretch and in the, in the playoffs, obviously like CEH just hasn't been, he's been injured. Le'Veon Bell is not Le'Veon Bell from, from the past. Darwin Thompson was the superstar a couple weeks ago. So maybe he's the best uh, guy to, to create a spark there for the, for the chiefs. I just, I don't know, man, again, against the Browns. I, I don't, I love the Browns. You and I have gone back and forth on the podcast for two years about the Browns, but real talk, I don't give them much of a chance to win this game against the chiefs. However, I'm telling you, man, I said it last week to Dwayne against the Steelers. Dwayne was basically like, dude, the Steelers are going to run them. The Browns have no chance, especially with the COVID shit. Look, if the Browns come out and Baker plays flawless, flawless football like he did last week against the Steelers, the Chiefs have not come out and run teams the way they did last year. And if they have a hiccup against a good, solid Browns team that doesn't make a lot of mistakes, I don't know, man. It's, the Browns obviously aren't going to blow them out like they did the Steelers. I just don't see that happening. But if this comes down to a field goal at the end, I almost lean toward the Browns, believe it or not. Browns come in, huge win. Obviously, the Chiefs are just ho-hum. Get that number one seed there. The line, the Chiefs are by 10, as you mentioned earlier right now. 
Huge over-under at 56. This game uh, is in Arrowhead. The weather should be fine. How do you feel about the Browns and the Chiefs here generically? Yeah, I agree. I think the Chiefs team is not as good, but I feel like Mahomes' confidence and chemistry with Kelsey and Tyreek is like two times what it was last year, and that's kind of scary. Uh, Watkins has not been good. McCole Harvin's not been good. Like, there's like these, um, I guess, I don't know, Twitter fantasy analysts, football people are just saying like they literally just run through Hill and Kelsey, and they're just like, I don't care about the other guys, and it's true, but no one's been able to stop them yet. Um, so we'll see, I guess, if the Browns can game plan against them good. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not going to say, like, the Chiefs kill them. Like, the 10's an easy cover. But, like, I just don't see, unless everything breaks right for the Browns defense again, like, where they can overcome this Chiefs team. Um, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to have fans. But if they do, like, I know Baker Mayfield's not going to be able to – I mean, he lives, in the, he lives in the football stadium. I'll give him that. But I don't know if he can overcome the, uh, the fan base for the Chiefs here. Fair enough. I think it's going to be a great game. And of course, we'll get the pickums here uh, quickly at the end of the episode with you, Lucas, and then we'll break them down furthermore with Bobby on Thursday. Let's get into the final game. And frankly, the game of the season, uh, the game, uh, I mean, really like the way it's being built with Brady and Breeze. Um, this is a future Hall of Fame matchup. Uh, if Breeze doesn't come back, this could potentially be the final of this matchup. Um and pretty just historic with what these guys have meant to the NFL uh, in general over the last, you know, two decades, both of them respectively. Brady comes in uh, with the Bucks with, you know, kind of a not so comfortable victory over the Washington football team, but they get it done. And likewise, the Saints, again, beat the Bears, but not as convincingly as I expected everybody or as I think everyone expected them to do. Uh, the Saints are the favorite right now by a field goal at home. This is, of course, in the uh, – uh, Mercedes Superdome. So they're, uh, you know, don't have to worry about uh, outside elements in Louisiana, 52 over under here. Um, the storyline obviously is Brady and Breeze, but if we look past that, Lucas, how do you feel about the Bucks and the Saints? I, I don't know. Like, I don't have like a strong reasoning why I lean the Bucks. I just kind of do. Um, I don't know though, because like, I don't think really much has changed from the whole season with these teams. Like they have a B rolling, but like if Rojo doesn't play, that's pretty scary for the the run game here. Um, the saints are nothing special, but that's why they're good. Right. They're just good in all aspects. They have Taysom Hill. They use, um, Sanders really didn't do much, but then they have Jawan Johnson going Humphrey. If Michael Thomas gets going. So I don't know. I don't have like a strong reasoning why I lean the bucks. I just kind of, feel like that's the right side in a sense um but either way I could see like I could see this game going where the Saints just kill them again just because they've had their number all year so we'll, we'll see um I'm sure uh Bobby will have better stats and reasoning as to why maybe he has a side or why there is no side and it really just is a coin flip um in a sense fair enough let's get into our pickums here man and we'll wrap up this episode you last week were four and two uh, Dwayne was also four and two. I led the charge at five and one. And again, I had the Browns down all weekend long. And then I was worried about the COVID absences, which clearly didn't matter, including their head coach, Kevin Stefanski being out. Uh, but I missed on that one. So I was five and one Bobby at three and three. So Lucas, let's get through these ones here real quick here. Uh, once again, to get your pickums, uh, Rams at Packers, who you got? I got the Packers. I'm in this one. I don't, I just don't think the Rams can get it done. I don't either, but again, if for any reason, randomly, Rodgers, it doesn't flop because he's Rodgers and Adams doesn't flop either. But if for some reason they're held up and Ramsey can do a decent job on Adams, this defense is legit. It's just all going to come down to Goff and what Goff can do and what this run game can do. I think it'll be maybe close, but I agree. I'm going to go with the Packers. Uh, Ravens at the Bills. I'm going the Ravens here. I think I'm going to take the – the non-public side I think they're just rolling hot um they're rolling hot without really the guys I thought they would be I thought Mark Ingram would be more involved Gus Edwards and they just haven't used them and it's been working um to their advantage I'm gonna stick with Buffalo for now but I could definitely change this later on again uh, as hot as the Ravens are the Bills are likewise I really want to see what the receiving core looks like um, heading into this game, if Beasley is going to be healthy again, Gabriel Davis, um, Isaiah McKenzie have played very well in complimentary roles. Diggs and John Brown, if everybody's healthy, 
I might lean still with the Bills, but I agree with you, man. The Ravens are healthy and playing very, very well. Definitely their best football of the season. Uh, Browns at Chiefs. Going with the Chiefs side, yeah. Everyone knows my reasoning, I guess. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, too, because it makes sense. But, man, I am rooting for the Browns. I don't hate the Chiefs, but I'm rooting for the Browns just because I think what the story would be if the Browns actually uh, be able to advance uh, for what that franchise has meant for football lore overall, but what they've been for the last 20, 30 years uh, to make a deep run, I think would be fantastic. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs, but rooting for the Browns. Uh, last but not least, Bucks and Saints. I'm going to go with the Bucks. I I think it's more of a coin flip. So if you're betting, I think I would probably just take the plus three just because I think it really is a coin flip in the sense. I'm going to go with the Saints for now. Um, again, I think that the Buccaneers have a great team, but for some reason – I could see Brady not folding again because he's Brady, but I could see him maybe throwing two touchdowns and two picks. I don't see Brees making mistakes, especially at home with Michael Thomas back with Alvin Kamara in there. Um, and again, I'm kind of just rooting for Brees again, of all the older quarterbacks still left Rogers, Brady and um, Brees. Uh, I think Breeze is probably most likely to move on and retire. So I'm kind of just rooting for him as well. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Saints, but I'm really looking forward to just kicking back and watching this one, man. I, I remember the last game Peyton Manning and Tom Brady played against each other and it was billed that way. And it was just like one of those throw away the analysis hat for a while and just like watch two of the best at their position ever uh, just go at it. And I'm really just looking forward to Braze and Brady I said it again, Brady and Breeze uh, just duking this one out and uh, made the best team win, obviously. All right, man. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the wild card recap and the divisional preview. Again, Bobby will dive in deeper to the divisional breakdowns for fantasy. Of course, we will follow that up with the DFS episode on Friday. And tomorrow, uh, Lucas and I are actually going to do the mock draft recap that Dwayne and I did last week. We're going to try to get the perfect draft with what we know now and redraft again. So looking forward to that with you tomorrow, Lucas. Uh, but we are going to get out of here for today. This is episode 343. Hope you enjoyed the wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. And if you watched the Bears Saints game on Nickelodeon with the kids, I hope you enjoyed that. That was quite fun. And we'll get into the divisional matchup the rest of this week. Appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you find us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Leave us a five-star rating and give us a review anywhere you listen to your podcast. Tons of content coming up. You know that we look uh, to dive in deep into why things happen, not just giving you takes. You know that we dive into the backend side of things. So follow us all off season long. We will be with you through the rest of the Super Bowl, And then we will dive into, of course, off season from there. For my man, Lucas Kaser, I'm your host, Sky Guasco, episode 343 in the books. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 